Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy.
Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, I pray that that wouldn't just be a song we sing, but that would be our hearts. That we would long for our relationship with God. That we would seek him out as true friends. That we would be faithful in difficult times. And joyful in victorious times. And along and stay along for the journey. Lord, we recognize your hand in our life, the ups and downs, the the things in life that don't always go as planned, and yet you've called us to be faithful to the things you put in our life. That's a whole lot easier to say and a whole lot harder to do. And so, Lord, I ask this morning for those spaces in our life that seem very difficult, challenging, uncertain, that we would lean hard on you, that, Lord, we would find the space to trust, that we would love you in the midst of all the struggles. Lord, continue to work in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. Philip, you got candy. You better run. That kid's got a Hershey's Reese's or a Reese's a Reese's cup. We probably should have took him out before he got out of here and we could have got his candy. I better find that little thing that makes things move. Ha! So we're, we're dealing with the life of David, and we've been kind of walking through uh, for a few weeks uh, David's journey in life. And you see the ups and downs of his life. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty drastic. One of the things I like about David's life is that it goes all over the place, right? He, there are some pieces that are just absolutely... Uh, following hard after God, right? A man after God's own heart. And then you see these things that are like, that was just a bonehead move, right? That, that was a bad plan, dude, right? You didn't think this through. And you, you watch David's life up and down, and we recognize um, those moments uh, in his life where, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about uh, him being chosen as the king and being the youngest boy in that in that family and and not being he was the last one picked and then last week we talked about David and Goliath and and thinking through the idea that uh, he definitely was the underdog right he was not the one uh, that we would have picked the odds uh, if we were one of those uh, we were going to go bet on who was going to win we wouldn't have picked David because the odds were so far against him and yet God delivered him in, in those things. And this week we're going we're gonna to look at this passage of David and Jonathan for a couple weeks because I believe, one, it's really important for us to get a sense of what friendship is about. And so I want to talk a little bit. I want to ask you a couple questions. And the, the first question was, what, is a, what does a true friend look like? When you look at your life, and some of us have a little more life experience, right? What we would hopefully call wisdom, 
right? Those are for the older people, just so you know, right? <laughs> and there are some of us that don't have me. I don't have near as much of that, right? But, but I'm curious, what makes a true friend? If you look back over your life, because we have those friends that were our friends in first grade, right? And some of us, not me, because I don't, I don't remember that too many of my friends in first grade, but some of us have had friends that we've had so long that, that those have been our friends forever. And some of us have had friends, I, I always think, I had friends in high school, but you know what? I haven't seen them in 30 years. Are they really my friend? Eh, probably not. They're acquaintances, right? What makes a true friend? What is it that, that you would say, if I had to make a top three list or a top five list of what makes a good friend, a true friend, what is that uh, that sticks out in your mind as a true friend? Now, this is the moment when you talk back. Unconditional love, yeah. Availability, good one. Trust, yeah, that's a... Brian? Support, okay, good one. What's that? Always there, right? Yeah, available, right? I heard something over here. Reliable, absolutely. Forgiving, yeah. Stays with you, yeah. Accountability, good, that's a good one. That's a good word. Show off. <laughs> that's a good, though I will say, Larry, that's a good answer for Mother's Day. Good job. <laughs> you didn't see any gift? Oh, well. Hey, Larry, the flower shop's open all day over on Wildman. <laughs> just, just, just that friendly heads up. <laughs> Yeah, these are the things that, that are, right? We, we look at who is important in our life. Um, and sometimes it's our family, right? They're, they're our family, and yet they're our friends. And sometimes um, it's someone outside uh, of that, that circle. But these are people we can count on, right? People that no matter what's going to happen, we know if we make a phone call in the middle of the night, there's going to be someone on the other end of that line who's willing to jump in and do whatever is needed. Those are what we call a friend, right? And some of them we do meet at, very, uh, at a very early age, and they stay in our life uh, in one way or another. Uh, I, I love Dave, and, uh, Dave Bemis and Donnie Lafferty's relationship because they were neighbors when they were little kids. They probably caused a lot of havoc down the road, right? And some whatever, a couple, it's been a few years, right? They're our tag team weekday uh, snowplow guys, right? And, and, and to me, it, it warms my heart that they're still that close after so many years. Um, and, and we see those relationships, right? And, and we long, I don't know about you, but I long for those relationships in my life. And here's what I've come to realize. There aren't very many of those, and they very rarely last a lifetime, right? When we have a good friend, that's something uh, that we need to, to kindle uh, that, that relationship, that we need uh, to work on that relationship. It's important. And all too often, I think, sometimes we're willing to let go of a friendship for, for, for reasons that maybe we shouldn't have or uh, maybe it's not 
we feel like it's not worth it. And I just want to encourage you that friends uh, are an important part of our life. It's a part of our journey. Like Larry said, you know, hopefully we're marrying our best friend, right? And then we get to spend the rest of our life with them. Um, that's, that's the goal. That's the hope. Um, and so we want to have our best friend close to us. And in that same relationship, we want God to be our best friend in that we have a relationship that, that's, that is that close. right? I believe, uh, well, I don't have to believe it. it the scriptures tell us this, that, that marriage, the idea of marriage, God created the idea of marriage to help us remember that our relationship with him is very similar, right? Uh, he calls us the bridegroom. And, and so understanding that, that our relationship with God reflects uh, should be reflected in our relationship of our marriage. And so if we don't hang out with our wife or our spouse, if, if we're never with them, if we're always doing different things, um, my sense is our relationship with God might look a little bit like that as well. And so let me encourage you um, to be friends with your spouse. Let me encourage you to work on that relationship and also work on that relationship with God. So we come to this, this uh, story uh, we remember when David was uh, going to be the king, right? And, and, but he was just a little guy then. He wasn't, he wasn't all grown up. And so we move into the chapters forward, and David, Saul's, Saul is losing his mind, I, I guess is probably the best way. He's, he's really struggling with what's going on in life, and uh, it says he's tormented. And so David comes and plays the harp in the, uh, um, in the, in the temple, or not in the temple, in the palace, thank you, I couldn't think of the word. He comes in the palace, and he's playing the harp to, to calm Psalm's ner Saul's nerves, to settle him down, to help him to feel better, right? And we understand that some music has a way of uh, allowing us to relax. And so David is there, but in the process of that, I think Saul is in turmoil over uh, who David is, right? He's a great harp player, and yet He's the guy that's supposed to take my job, right? He's going, to take, he's going to take me out at some point. And so we know the story, right? Saul throws a spear, oh, excuse me, throws a spear, and thankfully he misses David, and David has to go. And uh, David and Jonathan, that's Saul's son, have become close friends. And they, they have grown a friendship as they've been in the palace. And so they've been working together. Um, they're just good friends. And... Uh, they understand each other very well. And there's this really twisted view, and I just want to clarify that um, there's absolutely no, you know, I, I've heard this theology, don't like it. Uh, it, it there's nothing that says this uh, in Scripture, but there's this twisted sense um, that there's this uh, homosexual relationship between Jonathan and David. If you haven't heard that, good. If you have, I'm going to challenge you uh, that, that, that has no, there is no validity to that in the scripture. They are close friends like brothers, not uh, in some sexual relationship. And I just want to clarify that because I, we live in a world where that once the, there's this push to, to make everything okay that um, isn't okay. And I just want to be really careful um, because it does say they kiss each other with a, with a brotherly kiss, with a they love each other as brothers. And the whole point of that scripture, the whole idea of that passage is they're 
they're tight, they're close. And we see some of the response in that in this sermon, or in today's passage. When, when Jonathan is made to choose between his father and his brother David, he makes a decision to go with his brother, someone who's not blood, but is so closely knit. His, the friendship is so tight that he decides that, that that's where he's, he knows right from wrong. He knows what's going on, and he decides he's going to make a decision to follow uh, what God would have, right? And, and in the passage, we'll talk a little bit more about this. But, but true friendship in that process, in that thought process, um, we recognize really quickly it keeps promises, right? And in our friendships, true friendships keep promises. We keep the promises we make to others. Accountability, uh, I think Steve said it. Accountability, right? Availability, all those, this, this opportunity for when we are going to uh, step out and be a friend, right? I always tell people this, and I want you to think about this. If you want good friends right? Let's just say you don't have a lot of good friends. If you want good friends, you have to be a friend. That means it's because a friendship is a give and take. A friendship is never a take, take, take. That's not a friendship. A friendship is a give and take. When our brother falls down, we help them up. When we fall down, they help us up. That's what a friendship looks like. It goes both ways. And, it, and you'll have a hard time having good friends if it doesn't go both ways. That means we have to be flexible. We have to understand. We have to keep our promises. Jonathan, in this passage, he says to David, I'll do whatever you want, right? Tell me, tell me what you want me to do as your friend. How do you want this to work? And, and we will make it work. I'll do whatever it takes to protect you, right? David's like, your dad's about to stick me to the wall. This is not going to end well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak out. I'm going to go hide in the woods. You tell, see if your dad reacts. If he reacts like, ah, that's all right. That's good. No big deal. If he, if he gets angry, then we'll know for sure that he's planning on sticking me to the wall, right? He's going to run a spear through me. And, and Jonathan says, I know my dad pretty well. He doesn't do anything without letting me know. And David says, well, I think he knows that we're so close that he's not going to tell you. And so, they, and so Jonathan says, okay, fine. Okay, I get it. So tell me what you want me to do, right? Sometimes I think in our, in our relationships with our friends, we struggle to be honest, to be honest about where we're at, to be honest about where they're at, to be able to tell them what needs to be said. All too often, uh, and, I, and I think really this is the difference between an acquaintance and a friendship. An acquaintance um, will, will sometimes just be fluffy to be fluffy, just be nice to be nice, uh, just keep the peace, right? I don't want to cause a fight. I don't want to cause a problem. But in a, a real friendship, a true friendship, there's honesty. Sometimes it's brutally honest, right? In those moments when, when someone needs to hear those things that they don't want to hear, when maybe they can't see why a relationship's not working, it's in those moments that we have to be honest. And true friendship means we have to be honest. 
We have to be willing to say what needs to be said. I think all too often it's easy to take the, the side road, right? Oh, we'll just ignore that, sidestep that. The reality is in those moments when someone tells us something we don't want to hear, we have to be willing to accept that or at least take it in and think about it. All too often, I think we're not willing to do that because it feels like it might cause some problems. It feels like there'll be emotions, right? Like anger or sadness or, or frustration. We might get some pushback. And, and, and it's easy so to not say the things that need to be said. Let me challenge you to be honest with those you're friends with. Be honest and share what needs to be shared. That doesn't mean we have to slander. That doesn't mean we, we, we need to take it to God first. But I've had those conversations where someone said to me, to my face, what needed to be said. Even though I didn't like it, I recognized, maybe not instantly, but I recognized in time that I needed someone to be honest with me and tell me the truth. I needed to have that information. And that's what true friendship looks like. True friendship says, I, I went to God with this. I, I, I've been praying over this situation and how to share this with you. And this is what he says. Or this is what he's been telling me. And I just want to share it with you. Right? Jonathan says, I'm going to keep whatever promise we decide here. And all too often, I think we, don't, we just don't want to do that. That's hard work, right? If, I don't know if you know this, but having a true friend is hard work. It's, true friendships are hard because it forces us to move in this direction, to be honest, to be sometimes blunt, to be loving and caring, and it's going to take time and energy. All those things that come, we, we, we're going to have to give, we're going to have to put out, we're going to have to take more and give more and give more and give more. There's a scripture uh, in Matthew 5, 37 that says all you need to say is simply yes or no. And beyond this, anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And I, I put this up here for one reason. Sometimes we're not really good. I, I always say the, the hardest word to say is no. It's only two letters. Why is that so hard to say? Right? Someone says, hey, can you go or will you go or are you able to do this? And and sometimes we, we aren't able to say, no, I, I, I can't, I have a conflict. Or no, I, don't need, I need to not be out of the house for whatever reason, right? And, and so we struggle with the yes and no's in our life. And then we make a gazillion excuses about why. And sometimes it just needs to be okay to say yes or no. If you make the promise, keep the promise. Jonathan made a promise to David that he would, would help him save his life right we're talking about we're not talking about oh he's going to kick me out and i'll be homeless that's not what he's saying he said he's going to stick me to the wall so i need you to help me stay alive this is a life and death decision and jonathan says that's fine we will sort that out whatever you need and, and jonathan uh again looks out for david Right? And, and so we see that true friendship looks out for the other person. They look, it looks out for the other person. 
verse 12, it says, Jonathan said to David, the Lord, the God of Israel, be witness that when I have sounded out my father, when I've, when I've, talked, when I've sorted this all out in the next time and, uh, on, by the third day, if it's not a good feeling, I'll let you know. I'm going to let you know. Even though we're best friends in the whole wide world and I don't want you to leave, I don't want you to... Just remember, they didn't have phones to text, right? They weren't going to be able to see, send emails. And we, we know what happens when they, they, they do um, push away. There's this, this separation of, of two brothers, two friends who are so close. And he says, but I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do what's the, the best for you. And in our own friendships, our own relationships, and uh, I'll ask you this question, especially uh, marriage is a great example. In, your own, in our marriages, we sometimes forget that we're on the same team. Right? We forget that we're on the same team. And so we want to do what's inadvertently best for us against our spouse. If we, if we would step back and realize that we're on the same team and that as our best friend, we need to look out for them. We need to make sure we're doing the right thing for them as well as us. There's a scripture in Proverbs 18, and this is a little bit different version, but it, it, I think it, it helps me understand. So there's, there are friends in parentheses, right? Friends who destroy each other. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Even at this moment, I, I'm willing to bet that we know of those people who are friends. Right? Fair weather friends. Good time friends. They're different than a real friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let me help you maybe get a better sense of that. And what might be a little bit silly, but this might be all too true. Right? When I talk about true friendship, we can, we can talk about our pets because I don't know about your pets, but my pets will sit and watch hockey with me at the bottom of my chair, even if it's 11 o'clock at night. And then I have to ask them. They'll be like, yep, let's go to bed. All right, everybody's going to bed, right? Close off the, as soon as I turn off the TV, the, the dogs are like, hey, we're going to bed. This is good stuff. It's kind of late. We need to get to sleep. When I get up at 4 in the morning, who's, who's the first one to meet me at 4.15 this morning? Two dogs who, uh, who shake, they, they have this thing at 4.15, they shake their collars because they want to go outside. And so my wife's sound asleep and they're, they're shaking their collars over and over. And then Ollie starts to talk. Ollie doesn't bark, so he talks. And he makes this ridiculous sound, right? But I know that those, it was funny, this spring I lost them, and they ended up like down across from sports figures over, and there must have been a dog in heat, because they only leave the, the property when there's a dog in heat, and so she has about five, four or five dogs. Sure enough, we actually put callers with their, my wife's uh, phone number on them, because they ha this happens about once a year, and I'll tell you that there's a sick to your stomach feeling when your dog leaves, 
and you can't find them, right? There's a sense of like impending doom, like where did two 80-pound dogs go and disappear? This isn't magic. They just don't disappear. And here they were down there. She had them in the house, and she was being nice to them. Ridiculous dogs. Turnabout's fair play. About two weeks ago, her dog was in my yard. So she said, I feel terrible. I said, no, I feel good. Now we're even. (laughs) You know where I live? I know where you live. We'll chase dogs back and forth. But true friendship looks out for the other person. There's 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 a sense of, I'm not in this alone. I'm going to make sure we're okay over I'm okay. Finally, true friendship lives kindness. That might sound a bit weird. But if you, if you look at verse uh, 14 and 15, three times the writer says, uh, show me uh, merciful kindness. Show me kindness uh, in the process of that. And I, I want challenge, to challenge you to, and ask you with your friends, are you showing them unfailing kindness? That's what the scripture says. Show me unfailing kindness like that of the, the Lord as long as I live so that I may not be killed. Do you understand? I don't know if you understand what's going on here. So in this process of David and Jonathan talking, Jonathan understands that David is going to be the king, right? Saul and Jonathan are not going to be in the palace forever. They're going to get the boot. And so Jonathan understands, I'm putting my neck out for you right now, right? I'm going to put my neck out for you. I'm going to make sure you stay alive. But I have one uh, request. I have one request that you spare me, that you show me that same kindness back when you're in power and we are no longer in power. That, you, that you're willing uh, to put your neck out for me as well, right? There's a power shift uh, in, this, in this story. And David holds that up, right? David upholds that part of the friendship. The verse, there's a verse, and I, and I believe David understood what that kindness meant. Right in, our, in the American or the American in the English language, kindness just kind of sounds like doing better than bad, right? But but I believe that in the in the Hebrew that there's a there's a sense of mercy, right? There's a sense of uh, a, a bigger, deeper understanding of 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 how to treat someone, and that word in, in the Hebrew is, is is a lot bigger than I think kindness might be in the English language. And David, this is, this is a, here's a, there's a psalm that uh, talks about his merciful kindness. And I believe David understood that what Jonathan was asking, that he would protect him, that he would sacrifice for him, that he would, that he would go the extra mile to make sure he was okay. And, and that reminds me how Jesus was when he was on the earth and he went to the cross. He went the extra mile to make sure we would be okay. That when he sat in Gethsemane and he said, God, if you can take this away and I don't have to go to the cross, great. But if not, and he knew it was if not, if not, then your will be done. 
He went the extra mile for us. And I don't know about you, but that makes a difference in my life. When, when my friends go the extra mile, that makes a difference. Right? When friends go in the extra mile for you, it makes a difference. Jonathan understood. He was going the extra mile, and he was asking David to commit to the same thing. found this quote this morning and I just really like it. It's a true friend is someone who sees the pain in your eyes while everyone else believes the smile on your face. And I believe at the end of the day that that's where Jesus is in our life. If we let him in, he sees the pain in our eyes rather than the smile on our face. So for some of us, we can walk around with a mask on. We can come to church every Sunday morning and look like we have it together. Some of us dress nice. We dress up. Uh, we even have collars, right? And some of us, we, and we, we come and we sit in our seat. And every week we sit in our seat. And we come and we come, we sing some songs, we get in, we get out, we say good morning. But not really being honest about who we are. We're not really being honest about the struggles in our life. We're not really being honest about the pain um, that, that the journey of life has caused. And I believe that's the spot we need to be when we want to meet with Jesus. When we want to have Jesus working in our lives. We have to come to the point where we understand that we don't not have to be transparent with the whole wide world, but we need to be transparent with God. Maybe we've learned in our life growing up, do not share anything with anyone because they cannot be trusted. You may have learned that somewhere. It happens in our families sometimes, right? Don't say this because someone will find out. They'll know. And so when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, we're like, I ain't telling him either. Right? I don't tell anybody else. I'm not, gonna, I'm not letting him in. And I believe that's the moment that we, that's the transparency we need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That even if we can't say anything to anyone here or anyone at home or anyone in our life, we still have somewhere, someone we can take it to. Let me encourage you. If you haven't made a relationship, you haven't created that relationship with Jesus Christ, today is the day to do that. You don't waste another day. Don't walk out of here not understanding, not knowing who He is in your life. Not knowing what happens from this point forward. We need that friendship with Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for this relationship, David and Jonathan. I thank you for the representation, Lord, that it does help us to understand better what we should uh, look like in our relationships with you. Lord, it also reminds us what true friendship looks like in this world. Lord, help us not uh, to take that lightly. Remind us how to be good friends. In your name we pray.